Canadian journalism has been struggling for quite a while with layoffs and local newspapers closing shop. Facebook's reaction to the Online News Act has added a layer of difficulty for independent news outlets who will lose a key platform for sharing their content. Can working together save independent journalism from certain doom? <laughs> it's such a dramatic question. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pullback, where we explore big new ideas and ask, is this a real solution or a distraction? Pullback is a proud member of the Harbinger Media Network of progressive Canadian podcasts. I'm Kylie Hewson, and I'm here with my co-host, Kristen Pugh. On today's episode, we talked to Andre Goulet and Eric Wickham about their new initiative that brings together news from 20 independent local, regional, and national media outlets from across Canada. It's called Unrigged, and it provides up-to-the-hour news from across the country. And that's what we talked to them about. It was great. It was great. And we know Andre as the head of Harbinger Media Network. I don't know what his title Godfather. is. The Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> I, I seem to recall making a joke like that one time, and he did not care for it. So I, He did not. He did not. <laughs> but it's true. We don't. He's the godfather of the network, and it is a mob. I'm sure he would agree with that part of it. <laughs> And Eric is our friend from Big Shiny Takes. We were actually on an episode of that show where they tear apart some right-wing articles or just articles that are silly or don't make sense and big fan of that show as well. So it was really fun to collaborate with some fellow members of the Harbinger Media Network, which just fits so well to the theme of this episode, which was collaborating to save journalism. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting episode both because Unrigged is an excellent project and more people should know about it. But also, even if Unrigged isn't something that you care about, I think it's a really good way to get to know what some of the independent media outlets are in your community, because there are a lot that are doing really good journalism that wouldn't get done otherwise. And I think as a really good example of this, like we've had Megan Linton on the show before. She's done some pretty significant work for Briar Patch, which is one of the outlets in Unrigged on the institutionalization of persons with disabilities that I think was pretty groundbreaking and has helped to sort of shape Canadians' perspectives. And also many people will sort of remember the sort of debate that was happening during the early COVID pandemic about long-term care homes um, and the really high numbers of deaths that were happening there. And a lot of that reporting wouldn't have happened without Nora Laredo. Um, and so I think another sort of good example of how the partners that are within Unrigged are really taking on super important projects that like a lot of times they'll eventually end up, those stories will end up in CBC or in Global News or the other sort of major outlets. But if that on the ground reporting wasn't done by these independent outlets first, you wouldn't have that story. Yeah, yeah. And it's really hard to know how to support independent journalism if you don't know where to look for it. And if a lot of people are getting their news from Facebook, Canadian news isn't allowed there anymore, <laughs> which is, you know, why they decided to band together to broaden their reach. And I think it's a really cool project. Yeah. And I think it's also, I mean, the Facebook news ban had a really practical impact this summer for a lot of people who are dealing with disasters. So I think it's good to sort of, if you're somebody that gets a lot of their news from Facebook, Unrigged is maybe a good place to take a look at because if it, you know, next summer, who knows who's going to be impacted by disaster? There are many communities that like the, the county I grew up in has never been a wildfire risk. And there were evacuations th this year because of climate change. So like it's good to know 
who you can find good, reliable local news from in a pinch. And Unrigged is one of those sources that's pretty good. Yeah. And if you enjoy this conversation, you can show your love by subscribing to Unrigged or giving us a five-star review on your preferred listening platform or by supporting us on Patreon. We're putting out episodes there now officially. So join us for our book clubs. (laughs) All right, let's get going. Andre, Eric, our fellow Harbinger family members, (laughs) please tell us what Unrigged is. (laughs) It's like a fraternity. It's like a family. And actually, Unrigged is too. Unrigged is kind of a a natural progression from what Harbinger is, which is like this community of 63 podcasts that are like kind of friendly with each other, kind of buddies, hang out in real life. Unrigged is that, but, but also like... It's, it's a coalition of 20 local, regional, and national media outlets across Canada, and it's a news platform that uh, provides aggregation of the up-to-the-hour news that everybody is releasing uh, in any given day. So um, it's kind of an experiment with, with what it looks like to build a sort of harbinger community, um, but with the publisher space. Eric, does that check out? Does that sound about right? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds very accurate. Um, first of all, Kristen, Kyla, Andre, hello. Um, for the folks at home, uh, <laughs> we've gone through about like half an hour of uh, <laughs> podcasters not knowing how to get podcasts set up, and it's entirely my fault. So <laughs> no, no, no. Andre is also uh, Andre is coming to us from out of a cave. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So it's not entirely my fault, but I will take my share of the blame. I'm I'm recording in the tower of uh, Montreal's Olympic Stadium, so that's what's going on. It's sort of bad bad connection, bad bad connection up there. Yeah, it's unrigged headquarters. Yeah. Can they tell you're recording in English? Is that is that why? Great limited. Yeah. That could be it. I I think your description of unrigged was perfect, though, Andre. I think that you know in the in the fallout of Bill C eighteen, we've needed something like this. I mean, there's there's so many talented independent journalists and news organizations that just do not have the audience that they deserve. And I think pooling our resources is the one thing that we've always, you know, been pretty good at in other in other avenues, but not in news. And so I'm glad that we've uh, we've taken the dip. No, and that's really cool. And the fallout for C18, for everyone who maybe doesn't know, is that now Canadian news is like banned from the internet. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's grim. Actually, like uh, there was a CBC New Brunswick piece that was published yesterday where they interviewed one of the member, the unrigged uh, collective community members, uh, the New Brunswick Media Co-op. And they were talking about how like, oh, yeah, everyone's just like completely destroyed because Bill C-18, where, where Facebook basically liquidated Canadian media, like really turned everything on its head. So Unrig did come out as a response to that. We had been kind of thinking of doing stuff like this for a while. Like it was kind of a dream I had for a long time. Um, other people have been thinking the same thing, and that's why we teamed up. But I think that the urgency and the, the crisis moment is what made it really easy for people to say like, oh, yeah, OK, sure. Like it maybe doesn't maybe it goes against my instincts a bit to want to be non-competitive, but I can see why it's a good thing. And the trick is these 20 publishers have so little daylight between the values that we actually like completely share that uh, it's a real easy thing to just say, yes, let's be friends. Yes, let's like uh, share this space to try to boost all of our content, reach new readers, and also build a space where like deliberately community can happen. I really like that. And is it like, 
Eric, did you make an app? Can I get like up to the minute like <laughs> notifications on my phone? <laughs> Not yet. We haven't done an app yet, but uh, we have built like uh, just a landing page website that pulls all the feeds from all these um, wonderful places like across the country in one space so you can read it. We, we have a weekly newsletter going now. I think we have a Twitter account now, Andre. We do. Sorry, what? Uh, you have a, you have a what account? <laughs> well, well, wow. <laughs> Get out of town. Wow. Never heard of it. <laughs> oh man. Well, listeners can go right now and follow at Unrigged Media. That's U N R I G G E D Media. And if they open their web browser, they can go to Unrigged uh, CA, where they will find this website that Eric expertly built with our homie Drew Ojaje from the Breach. And Unrigged basically is this aggregator that pulls all of the, like I said, like the newest stories and um, either puts them kind of front pages them to feature them or puts them into regional, uh, the West, Ontario, Quebec, Atlantic podcast or video categories. So like on the front page right now, there's a pivot story in French about protests for Palestinian human rights in Montreal. The breaches story about the Toronto Gestapo police raid on Palestine activists in Toronto. Press Progress's piece on a new group in Quebec that's uniting separatists with uh, identitarian ethnic nationalism. And a Canadian Dimension piece on building grassroots tenant power in Toronto's Oakwood Vaughan. And that's just like, you know, the top of that's just the surface, right? Because we have those uh, publishers, but we have the Progress Report in Edmonton, Briar Patch and Sask Dispatch in Regina, The Hoser upping the ante, Midnight Sun and The Grind in Toronto, Ababal, The Rover and uh, the Co-op de Solidarité Pivot in Quebec, the New Brunswick Media Co-op, like I mentioned, uh, The Independent in Newfoundland, and the national publishers Ricochet, The Breach, The Resolve, The Media Co-op, The Maple, Canadian Dimension, Press Progress, and Harbinger. So, like, it's a group that has a reach annually of probably a million Canadians reading our, our stuff. But because now we can't share it, you know, practically anywhere, um, we're really looking for ways to help each other's audience find these other places where they're definitely going to like, uh, where, where the material is going to, where the writing and the journalism is really going to resonate with them. Mm hmm. This, this sort of came out of uh, Bill C-18, this idea. Um, but, you know, my understanding is before then, journalism was perfect. There were no problems with the media landscape. Is that right? Yeah, that was actually my question to you, Kristen. I was like, so so the mainstream media isn't included in Unrigged. Why? <laughs> yeah, shout out to all our friends at uh, the National Post. Truly. I'll just say my one little piece, which is that Post Media is mostly like majority owned by a New Jersey hedge fund or something. So like... Canadian media is a joke. Eric is actually an authority on this because of his uh, Big Shiny Takes Institute research and work. So Eric, I mean, Canadian media is in a dire position anyways at this point, correct? Like even before Bill C-18 hit, yeah? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's never been great, right? I graduated from journalism school in 2016. And one of the first things that happened when I joined the industry was Post Media and uh, Metroland buying up buying up a whole bunch of community papers and then doing a paper swap, right? And if they had competing papers in the same town, Post Media would buy out the Metroland one or Metroland would buy out the, the Post Media one. And then a lot of those papers ended up merging into one newspaper, which isn't great for the job market in journalism, which was already pretty tight to begin with. And since then, there have only been cuts, right? Like, 
mainstream media is not doing great either. Um, I think the way Bill C-18 was written was going to be a little bit nicer for them. I think they would have actually stood to benefit, whereas most of the people who were part of Unrigged were not going to get any of the money that the government would have collected from their <laughs> the legislation. You know, and we are, as independent journalists, we are the people that are now losing the most. <laughs> so it's like this perfect situation. But yes, no, to your question, uh, journal the industry has been terrible as long as I have been in it, which is, it's not because of me, so far as I know. But uh, it <laughs> is. Eric Wickham is in his early 50s now, so it's been a while he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feel like it. Unrigged is a convergence of small media outlets. And yeah, like the coming together was really driven by Bill C18. Like I said, that was really, I think, what got people to yes pretty easily. And, you know, like there's lots of friendliness in the media community. Like people are like literally friends with each other. But still, being like, yes, I want to collaborate with you does take a bit of a leap of faith. But I think people were really ready for it. We saw Bill C18. And we saw that it did seem to be designs for the big media outlets, which, like we say, is are you know sometimes owned by U.S. Uh, hedge funds. And then it just like blew up in the face of Facebook's uh, intransigence. And Google may well follow them at the end of this year, which will like make things. It's already so dire; it's almost unimaginable to think what will happen when Google actually eliminates Canadian news <laughs> from the Google search engine. So they want to just discard journalism in the name of profit, right? And that was a real wake-up call to us to reduce our dependence on these platforms. And I think like this renaissance in independent progressive Canadian publishing, which has been happening for like three to five years, everyone like social media is just sort of like that's the de facto place where you go promote your stuff. Um, so of course we all have all leaned on that. But suddenly when we're like, oh, okay, that's not happening anymore. Well, what would it look like to try to have strength? And I mean, solidarity is like one way to do that. So having a kind of common front uh, since our launch on the 15th of November, we've been really like amazed and impressed and kind of overjoyed at just how stoked people are for a project like this. Um, everyone recognizes the crisis. Uh, people do want to read the news. And I think what the 20 publishers have in common is that they are like, like, I'm not a real journalist. I don't have a background in journalism. Uh, but the publishers do. These are people who um, do who went to J school, who research these stories, who do real reporting. And the quality of the work they do really, I think, is what elevates the project, which, which is why like, we're just extremely confident with it. Basically, the way we share information is rigged with social media, and that's why we launched Unrigged, a platform for readers by independent publishers of real quality journalism. I, I'm just wondering if you could maybe give some examples of, I know you gave some examples on the website already, but maybe speaking more generally, what are some of the kinds of stories that don't get told through the mainstream media that really are covered by these independent um, outlets that people can take a look at through Unrigged? That's a great question. And so just looking at the, the front page, looking below the featured stories, um, there's a piece from the Rover talking about the underground kickboxing community in Montreal. Okay. Uh, in the New Brunswick Media Co-op, there's the ethical dilemma of nuclear power at Canadian Dimension, protesting against Israel's genocide of Palestinians is an anti-Semitic. That's an opinion piece. At Pivot, les femmes québécoises travaillent gratuitement depuis samedi. Women in Quebec are working uh, for free. 
Um, and I think that's talking about the common front strike that's happening right now with, with public civil servants. Uh, another piece from the rover on Goose Village, a, a Montreal neighborhood that was demolished in the 60s. And looking back at that, a piece from the new Briar Patch talking about the workers uh, that are hidden behind the artificial intelligence hype. And like a million more, not a million more, like a lot more. <laughs> Eventually a million more. <laughs> like every day, there's probably six or seven new pieces that are put out by this community. And um, now they all have a place to live and to just sort of be seen together. And I, I think it kind of speaks to, yeah, the shared values that, that this community has. Just couldn't help but notice, but uh, Andre, you didn't mention the hoser's work, all the, the grocery tracker stories that someone on this call might have worked on as well like, i guess i could advocate for myself no 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 that would that would be that would be cheap that would be tacky i should advocate for you <laughs> it, it's and it's because it wasn't on the front page i did not click through the page too but yes eric is part of a really exciting initiative at the hoser which is the gta's journalism uh, community and eric is basically um tracking the prices of groceries to sort of gauge how we're being um how we're being ripped off um eric is is that about it yeah yeah we're tracking you know trends in food prices and we're right now we're focused on the larger uh grocery chains but seeing as this is canada and it's like every industry like three people own you know a majority of the market <laughs> we are uh we're focusing a lot on western stores right now um, we're tracking 71 stores. We're doing weekly updates. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, it is it is kind of tacky for me to be like, it's so exciting that my stories and the stuff that I've been working on is also on Unranked. But to see it beside work done by Canadian Dimension and The Breach and people that I, like, really respect, uh, like Chris Curtis at The Rover or Paris Marks and the Disconnect newsletter, right? Like, all of this stuff, like, it, it makes me very proud to see my work around all this this unbelievable talent. Well, but and I also think just to to sort of talk a bit more about your grocery tracker project, I do think that it is a good example of the kinds of sort of like longer term, sort of more in-depth investigative journalism that can kind of be done through these independent outlets. Whereas like in mainstream outlets, a lot of the time they'll be covering that grocery um, story because everybody cares about it, but at a very surface level. That's it entirely. Like I, I always give Shannon and Kevin, the, the publishers of The Hoser, a ton of credit because this was like kind of a very ambitious idea to get behind. And I know like in a lot of newsrooms that I've been a part of, they'd been like, they would have been like, how long is this going to take? And when they heard my answer, an entire year, like I don't know if they'd pull the trigger on it. Right. And, uh, and Kevin and Shannon have been amazing for that. And it speaks to independent news. Uh, and, and that's why I think Unrigged is a really spectacular place to be sort of featuring work like what Eric is doing at The Hoser and, and like the work that the, the work that the community of podcast creators does. It's wonderful to have that on there, too. Uh, people doing videography from The Hoser, from Pivo, from The Breach. Um, it's great to just have it all in one place as a condition of membership. Each of the 20 publications has agreed to promote the platform like through its social remaining social media on Twitter, on like whatever's left. Right. And we're also in talks to like expand and bring on more publications. One thing that was really exciting was like from launch day, we were getting a lot of. Uh, really excited reception from other organizations that were like, this is so cool. Can we join? And we were like, 
yeah, we love you. And we just hadn't reached out to you because like, we don't quite have the existing relationship. But so, yeah, it will inevitably grow probably an expansion of at least five new publishers in January. And then from there, I think it's likely to just continue to expand when we have some funding in place, because at the moment it's being run like on a zero dollar budget. Um, I think developing an app would be incredible. But it does seem to be kind of like a labor of love. Eric and I both just like put in the time in a completely volunteer capacity, which um we're happy to do because uh, we're both uh, independently wealthy trust fund kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. Literally, we're the opposite. I mean, we live, we're, we're, we're happy though, Eric. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I can't speak for you, but I'm pretty stupid and I like, a, I like doing work for free. So <laughs> I'm not very smart. Yeah. But I think that the, the like naive genialness of people like Eric, like me, and like lots of other people in independent media is one of the things that allows it to actually like have um, drive. So let's not sell it short. Let's not sell like having values motivate the work we do. So yeah, like growth is definitely going to happen. Like building an app is, is, is a, a, a long-term priority. And uh, basically just like we launched and we had, um, we had coverage on CBC, Regina, Fredericton, and um, Halifax, and then Radio Canada for Nova Scotia slash Newfoundland and Prince Edward Island reached out. I had to do interviews in French, which was like, I've never done that before, but it went okay. Nice. <laughs> and we had some write-ups at, uh, at JSource and we're appearing on a bunch of podcasts to promote it. Like, Pullback. Pullback, for instance. Um, <laughs> so we've had like a lot of good, real interest. And, and that's been like not surprising, but just like super exciting. Yeah, and it feels like it's just kind of necessary. Like, it's almost weird that something like this didn't already exist, especially, you know, I know that the motivating factor for a lot of establishments was getting kicked off of Facebook, but like Facebook's been deteriorating in value for a long time. And I would almost say like, it's good to get ahead of getting out like off of Google, but it's nice also just to have other options than Google. Like if I want to find something, it's nice to have somewhere to go that is putting stuff together for me where I don't have to support. I mean, Google has been getting worse very recently. I, I don't know. Like every time I use Google, I'm, I, I try not to. I, I'm trying to use the, the one I use is Ecosia and it's Bing based. And so sometimes I have to switch to Google. But then even then it's like it's been bad. A lot of people say Bing is based. Um, the thing is, Google only had Don't Be Evil in their company charter for like the first 15 years. And then it was just like eliminated. Right. So they're allowed to be evil. Like, that's okay now. Like, they're, they're, I, we can't really push back against that, right? One of the the massive issues with the C18 fallout was independent media's over-reliance on social media and Google's platforms to become discovered, right? Like, and, and part of that is who was doing all the news training for these, these independent journalists. It was, you know, the Facebook accelerators and Google News giving people the tools to do their jobs we didn't realize that we, we would experience this kind of rug pull, right? And now now having a spot where like our stuff will be discovered because people know that it exists, it gives me a little bit of hope. As Canadians, I know we're completely allergic to this sort of thing, but I will point out that like this quartet is calling in from Toronto, Ottawa, Vancouver, and Montreal. So um, this notion of sort of like, I would not call it a nation building project because then I would be canceled, <laughs> but I would call it... I would call it something like that, 
because um think about how uh like so many people we know friends and family they get a lot of their news from the states right their youtube their podcasts whatever uh i had the pleasure of seeing chapo trap house perform live in montreal this summer and 800 people were in this beautiful old theater watching three americans talk about canadian politics and I, I really enjoyed it because I, I love those guys. Um, but at the same time, I was like, oh, this feels like branch plant podcasts. And so, like, we're also pushing against the narrowness of scope that I think a lot of Canadians have for how they get news and trying to create, like, a model for what would it look like if people did amazing journalism, really good work, and it was all cool as hell. And the people who did it were, like, really, like, interesting, like, not your your kind of stuffy like removed from reality journalism no offense to people who are like that so um yeah like i do see it as also being a really cool um project that just like that's why like geographical representation was really a key part of how we tried to pull it together having our uh quebecois friends not just be token but also being like a major part so like we're going to be reaching out to other french outlets as well um and so like yeah that's part of it like like building a space where we can, you know, much like the CBC mission statement, which is like reflecting Canadian stories for themselves or whatever. This is a similar kind of thing in its own way, as tacky as that might sound. Um, any thoughts on that from anybody on the panel? Yeah, I mean, one thing that strikes me um, about this is not only so you've got lots of outlets that have sort of like are national in scope and are covering important national stories, but also one of the things that I think we've been losing um, in journalism over the last couple of decades is just really good and important local journalism um, that can cover sort of corruption stories, um, you know, development projects, things that are going on that people care about. I think one that's one of the things that the outlets that are part of Unrig really accomplishes. So if somebody hasn't heard of a lot of these outlets we're talking about today and hasn't checked out Unrigged yet, um, it's a really good resource that you can make use of, um, as you mentioned, to learn about nationwide stories, but also to learn about stories in your community. Progress Alberta really covers Edmonton and Calgary, right? Sask Dispatch covers Saskatoon, Regina, and the rest of the province. The Hoser covers like the general the general Toronto area. Is that how we say it? Yeah, general Toronto area. And in Quebec, Pivot covers like national, but also more like local. And the Rover pub publishes like mostly Montreal stories, really wonderful, like deep, rich journalism driven stories. So yeah, that like I think this is championing not only like broad journalism that can be national in scope, but also the more micro journalism that has just evaporated uh, with the pretty rapid unraveling of the Canadian news space. So even just having this as a model and then, you know, it's not a short-term project. Like launching on November 15th was literally the first of like a thousand steps. And when we get to step 1000, then we'll be like, well, where are we at? And then that's just going to continue, right? Because this is something that kind of like has to exist. And one other thing that I was thinking about, Kyla, when you were talking about the question before is like, so this wasn't, this was also made with, um, a little bit of institutional support from an organization at Concordia University called SEAS, which is a solidarity economy incubator. And they have an interest in kind of like helping support these sorts of these sorts of initiatives to basically create like we're not necessarily worker driven or cooperatively driven, but it's a kind of collaborative thing. And like we're a kind of worker as well. I'm a blue collar lunch pail podcaster. Everyone knows that about me. 
but so having C's kind of back this, I think is an interesting characteristic of new ways of approaching old models, right? Because we're not like, boy, I wish we could do this, but we don't have $200,000 where we were just like, yeah, we're going to do it for like practically no money. And that speaks to actually Drew Ojajay, one of our collaborators in the project. Um, his podcast at Harbinger is called Half Past Capitalism, and he will have people on his show to kind of talk about like new models for for how we approach like building stuff. And I find it really inspiring. Like I think new ways of thinking like that are really important and they're great ways to create hope in the face of just like uh, a pretty bad vibe, which is generally out there every day. I see unrigged.ca uh, as being a little bit of creating that kind of hope in the same way that Harbinger, which is really driven by meat and potatoes, lunch pail, uh, podcasters like the four of us. And, and I think that's really important too. I love that description of blue collar lunch pail. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel that in my bones. I'm just curious, like you had mentioned that you know, Unrigged is on sort of like step one of a thousand. Um, so can you sort of like paint the the vision for me of like, if all goes to plan, where is it going to go in the next couple of years and beyond if you want? <laughs> no, that's a that's a really good question. I, I, I was just thinking that like um, the other person on our steering committee, so it was Eric and Drew Ojajay at The Breach and uh, Romy Garrido, who's the publisher of Press Progress. And Romy's so smart and she's just like so great. And so she often talks about how we love to we love to hang out with our dirtbag left buddies we love to talk garbage or whatever but what we often don't remember to do is to talk to normal people and to reach out to just like the rest right so we don't want to just have unrig.ca talk to like the normal audience of progressives we want it to appeal to the people who uh, are watching Stephen Colbert every night and forgot that they could be paying attention to Canada too. We want it to be for people who like subscribe to the New York Times and are like, wait, Canada also has news. This is amazing. Yeah. So Romy really, I love when she reminds us, which is pretty frequently, like, don't forget to talk to like the real world. So I kind of see Unrigged as a project like that too. Like how do we normalize having our stories and our journalism out there, right? Because our values are correct. There's no doubt about that. And that makes it really easy to push forward the project because the crises that we have in Canada are, are real, right? I think that the long term, if we're looking at in terms of like the next year, it's expand to a point where, where we have more and more people coming in, have more and more Canadians like find their news on, on one site. And the thing is too, when they click on a story on Unrigged, it takes them right to the website for the contributing publisher. So it just like, it's just basically a clearinghouse. So let's get people finding out about each other's, uh, about publishers that they didn't know about and then raise all those boats. And after a year, kind of see like, did we anchor ourselves in a place where then we do have more and more readers coming to us and again, normalizing this sort of progressive journalism as being not other, not weird, not like gross because it's uh, not balanced, but but really putting forward values-based journalism. And I think that's really important. On top of that, I think that strategically, like any collaboration with any other news organizations is a great thing for an independent news organization, right? Like, I mean, more hits and stopping the bleeding of, you know, losing your social media platforms and by providing this this landing page is awesome but down the line you know maybe beyond just collaborating on this this news aggregator we're going to get some original journalism from 
several publications that are part of this larger project, right? Like, I think this this is also opens up doors for furthering relationships. I don't know. I can't talk today. But yeah, I don't know. I, I worked as a journalist for, for a while, and I, I find this very easily to be siloed and to be worried about like, oh, you know, someone else going to get my scoop. Oh, like, where am I going to go when this contract's up? And we're not thinking about like what we can be doing together, right? I think that Unrigged is like a really, really good example of why we should be working together because I would not have been able to build the site by myself, but with Drew and with with our uh, with our student Sarah, like we we managed to put together the dev side of this, and then we had Andre uh, running the weekly meeting and and keeping people engaged while we were you know trying to sort out the uh, the HTML and the PHP and all that fun stuff. And and just to say too, just like on the personal level, um, Eric does so much podcasting across the board because he produces the Hosers podcast. He produces Press Progress's podcast. He produces uh, Paris Marx's Tech Won't Save Us. And he hosts and produces Big Shiny Takes. So like big scope, like besides the grocery tracker at the hoser too. And then for me, being the director at Harbinger Media and just basically trying to, you know, have that other space too. I think we understand what it means to do this sort of like, well, like collaboration, right? And and, and cooperativeness and, and friendship and stuff like that. In fact, when we were trying to come up with um, like the the documents that uh, organizations would would receive to sort of be like reading through like what, what it would be about. I want it to be called the memorandum, not of understanding, but the memorandum of friendship. I did get, uh, we just decided not to do that. It was a little too corny, made people <laughs> feel a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. I love how Harbinger managed to sort of be a model for what it looks like to just have this really huge scope because there's like more than a hundred podcasters who are part of the Harbinger community and then trying to recreate that with this journalism community, which is kind of the same thing, except they don't talk into a mic. I guess they talk into a computer or something. Is that how it works? It's journalism. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it works. I've seen I've seen journalism on TV. That's how it works, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little Harbinger update just for, for uh, Harbinger heads listening to Pullback. Um, we do have an expansion coming up this week at the end of November 2023, which uh, has three great new shows coming and joining the community one of them is called Indaba, which is a community psychology and indigenous ways of knowing podcast, which features academics from Italy, Chile, uh, Palestine, United States, Canada, and uh, South Africa. We have Trial by Shelter, which is produced by a community of unhoused people in Toronto and sort of inspired by Crackdown um, to do that sort of show. It's really, really good. And uh, City and Nuchimi, which is hosted by the journalist Jen Jeffries in Toronto and uh, Maete Saganash in northern Quebec. And so, yeah, we have like three more shows coming. It's going to bring us up to 63 podcasts in the community, which is amazing. Um, so, yeah, Harbinger continues as well, which is really exciting. Excellent. Love to see the network growing. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. And it's just nice to feel like, I don't know. Having a community where you're not competing with each other sounds nice, doesn't it? I don't know what that feels like anymore. <laughs> Late stage <laughs> capitalism drowning us all. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I should have brought this up earlier when we were talking about how, you know, things have hit mainstream media super hard as well. I'd say less hard than independent news, but still like bad times. Like every, it feels like every week this year, there was like a, a huge round of layoffs at 
some bell-owned stations or or at a, a major newspaper. But uh, okay, so in 2017, I was working in small market radio, and there were six people at the station, including myself. And of the five other people, um, <laughs> well, I'm out of radio. Three other people have left the industry entirely. One's a YouTuber, one works in comms, and one's a bank teller. The other two have just passed away. So, like, of the six people, there's 100% turnover in the last six years. And, like, that is kind of unprecedented. Like, that, there's, like, that is, you know, decades of institutional knowledge gone. Everybody who knew the mayor personally, everybody who knew who to talk to at the courts to get the documents faster so they didn't have to sit through an entire trial to, to you know, know what was going on, knowing who the talkers in the town are. All that information's gone, right? Things are dire in media. And to your point, I, I think that, like, having something like Harbinger and having something like Unrigged is quite nice. It's like a little bit of like a light in the dark, not to be too tacky. Well, yeah, it makes you feel a little less alone anyways. Like Kristen and I aren't the most active on like the, the Slack and the Discord, but it's nice to know. I mean, we're, we're about to be. You guys will see us there. I didn't even know there was a Discord till yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know that we're not doing this alone, you know, that there is like a community of people out there that care about the same things as us. And I want them all to succeed. Like there are enough listeners for everybody, you know, like I don't need to steal the people like, you know, it's not one or the other. I, I don't know. I also listen on, to podcasts on like double or two and a half times speed. So like. It's such an editor move. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, and I think um, it doesn't hurt to belabor the point that like Canadian media, the, the crisis is like so real but i think like a frog in a pot of boiling water because it's been happening for 12 years it doesn't feel that urgent but i was just thinking about how like two years ago guelph's new, like 150 year old newspaper ended and then i was like just remember that when eric was talking about what he was talking about and then i looked up guelph's population it's like 150,000 people so it's like yeah right they don't have news or new ways of creating news are coming out of that because i know there's lots of smaller communities that do have their own um, independent news spaces. But yes, because of uh, Facebook ending us, we are just like, you know, stronger together now. So so Unrigged has begun as like a, a, a collection of 20 publishers, but we really do see it developing and evolving and becoming a place where it can be inclusive of more and more uh, publishers who do kind of share like a general shared value set. So yeah, it, it, it couldn't be more exciting. And this really is just the beginning. Well, I, I think the example of Guelph is so good because like if somebody who lives there, at, of which there are many, <laughs> wants to get the news and they start getting like a local flyer from somebody, like there's been no vetting process. Like, oh, I guess I'll just read this coffee news and hope that it's, you know, as good as the newspaper that just shut down. And what I really like about stuff like Unrigged and stuff like Harbingers, it feels like there's been like a vetting process. Like, okay, these are organizations, like if you like the hoser, you may also like the breach, right? And it gives a sense of safety in what I'm reading where I'm like, okay, I trust that this is like real journalism as opposed to like some guy just dropping stuff off on my doorstep. <laughs> okay, but literally a buddy of mine from Alberta was visiting a few weeks ago and he told me he lives in Camrose, a community of about 30,000 people an hour south of Edmonton. And he's like, yeah, um, so there's this community newspaper that uh, has pretty big circulation called Druthers and it's basically full of conspiracy anti-vax 
nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So in a community like Camrose, this is literally what people are reading and being informed by. So that's the dark side. That's the dark side. Yeah, it's it's grim. So I guess like, yeah, Unrigged, you know, is not only like a good vibe and like a way to like, you know, build friendships and community and all those nice things, but it's also like a Hail Mary pass against the uh, rapid unraveling of society. Okay, I have a question. Why do we need journalism? What what we're t- we're talking about it like it matters. What just let it go, you know? Like <laughs> why is it so dire if, <laughs> if people can't get their news? <laughs> Eric, I'll let you respond to this devil's advocacy cuz you have a background in J school. <laughs> I hate knowing what's going on. Why should I care? <laughs> it is better for democracy to have an informed uh, citizenry, right? Like having people know what's going on uh, helps them make informed decisions um, that in, in a perfect world would help them improve their lives, right? I like knowing what's going on. I'm nosy. Um, this is why I chose this line of work. And I, I truly do believe that we all benefit when we know what's going on, even if it's not particularly pleasant to hear. Yes, please support independent journalism and good independent journalism, you know, not uh, <laughs> not druthers, you know. <laughs> and like we see with uh, a lot of the community at unrig.ca, like the breaches piece on uh, the Gestapo cops in Toronto, like it's horrifying what the cops did. And they wrote just like a really banger piece that is like reads well, presents well, has great graphics, aesthetically great, like was uh, disseminated well. So lots of people read it and like. <sighs> The Toronto Star isn't always going to be brave enough to do stuff like that. Pivot here in Quebec uh, about a month ago highlighted that this uh, far right fascist had been invited on one of the main talk shows and was just like, why are they inviting this guy? And then when it kind of came out, there was a lot of pushback. And so he was disinvited. Like, these are good things. I think that the kind of value set of our homies uh, in this community is like one thing we share is we're fa- we're against fascism and we're against uh, th- that sort of like politics, which we obviously are seeing a great rise in these days. So I, I think, Kyla, to answer your question a bit, like that's one of the big things that I feel really proud of. Um, Press Progress, you know, has been highlighting how Polyevra does a lot of dog whistling to like anti-LGBT stuff and paranoid World Economic Forum stuff and like anti-vax stuff. Like we need people talking about that in media because I don't know, CBC's compromise sometimes because they have to avoid being to this or that. Well, I mean, I think it's really good timing given there's all those stories coming out about CTV news and their ban on using the word Palestine, which I think is a perfect example of what you're saying. Which was also broken by the breach. Um, they they like they did a ton of research. They also covered the CTV television news and watched like hundreds of hours of coverage just to determine how many times literally they said the word Palestine. So it's it's wonderful to see like strong values based journalism out there. And then on the other side of it to the more like human side, the rover constantly does stories where they're going out to encampments about unhoused people or hanging out in uh, drug user communities or um, going off island to the Ganawage Reserve to talk to the indigenous communities there. And telling stories about people that are like, honestly, literally I cry like like once every couple of months when I read their work. I'm like, oh my God, why am I that affected by this sort of journalism? So yeah, the rover, press progress, the breach. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna riff them off one more time just so listeners can uh can remember since there's so many 
Ricochet Media, The Progress Report, Briar Patch, Sask Dispatch in Saskatchewan, The Hoser Upping the Ante, Midnight Sun in the Grind in Ontario, The Rover, Ababal, and Le Coop de Solidarité Pivot in Quebec, New Brunswick Media Co-op, The Independent in Newfoundland, The Breach, The Resolve, The Media Co-op, Canadian Dimension, The Maple, and Press Progress, and Harbinger nationally. So it's just like a huge group, and it's exciting to have these people be collaborators, have these people be like in a friendly beginnings of a friendly community and to see how that grows in in the coming months. Yeah. So if you want like good independent journalism that is covering the stories that a lot in a lot of cases, the mainstream media will either not cover or they'll cover in a biased way or they won't put the resources to investigate it properly. Really good resource. And also, you know, get to support some value based journalists who who need the help. And it's all happening at unriggedmedia.ca. People can subscribe to the weekly newsletter, which Eric's putting together, and follow us on Twitter at unriggedmedia. Andre, Eric, if you guys could like, I, I have a magic wand. Could you go ahead and just like fix journalism for us? Like, what would you, how would you fix journalism? What's your ideal view of like Canadian journalism? What does it look like? Oh my God, there's so many things. <laughs> one, I mean, the first one, this, is, this isn't even like a money-based thing. This is... Ending the conflation between, uh, you know, or someone doing values-based journalism with them being um, a not objective or like not not a good journalist because they they actually have a view on the world. I think the dogmatic association with objectivity is actually a, a value choice in itself, and it's actually just very uncritical, right? I think um, if you exist in the world, you should have an opinion on what's happening. Your job as a journalist then is to not let your your pre-existing notions of something change the way that you write the story, not before you find out all the facts, right? So that that'd be the first thing I would do. Second thing is I'd figure out a way of uh, stopping the bleeding and actually building a sustainable model for journalism. That's that's the thing that we need. We need a way that we aren't just doing layoffs every couple of weeks and we are creating jobs for new young journalists who could learn from the people that have been around for a while, right? Like there is there is some very, very uh, deep structural problems with the journalism industry. And one of those things is the fact that there's no one to teach the people who are coming into it now. So I, I do two swings of the magic wand and those are the two things that I would fix right away. And I wanted to just back Eric to make it easier for myself. But then when he was talking, I was thinking about it. And I think that my magic wish would be to... Number one, bring in trust busting against Facebook and Google, because if those uh, massive institutions were uh, chained and and otherwise like disabled, it would really shift things in in how they damage democracy, but also in how I think journalism has been affected. Like as much as Canada's government, and I don't really get the details, but like they definitely messed up. But as much as they messed up on Bill C eighteen, like I think the onus really is on the trillion dollar companies to be um, funding journalism. But since they will refuse to do that, I would say trust busting, number one, break down the monopolies and have those two institutions not reign so powerfully over our societies. 
Nice. I'm going to borrow my wand back and I'm just going to roll out a UBI because I feel like that would also really help journalism. Like, think of, I love doing this podcast. I don't make any money from it. You guys just put together on Rigged this amazing resource and it's not like you're getting a huge amount of funding for that. It's just look at all of the creative things people can do when they're not being crushed under the like pressure of <laughs> their, Kristen said, fool's ransom of a rent the other day. And it's, <laughs> I've been thinking about it, <laughs> you know? But like, also, also thank you to our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and total, total disclosure, we did get uh, about $320 in funding from the breach. <laughs> Uh, oh great well i mean that covers both of you for six months i haven't right? seen a penny of that we paid for the wordpress with oh, did we? that was it okay i have seen it i've i've been you know intermittently breaking that site so that's when we covered the bare minimum oh, oh a final little plug and last thing that i would want to say too is when we're thinking of different ways to sort of like engage with um, disseminating our work so that it, we can find audiences and stuff. We are rethinking like and going like way back to like, what did we do before social media? Like, are we going to flyer? Like, what are we going to do? But in fact, uh, Harbinger is going to experiment with a live podcast recording uh, next January 13th. There's this church uh, next to Concordia University in Montreal, which has changed their nave into like a circus performance space. So they still have Sunday services, but they also rent it out to acrobats to put on like shows. That is so Montreal. I know. <laughs> well, the Anglicans <laughs> are just trying to figure out what to do with these old spaces and rethinking the church, right? Because that's a whole other that's a whole other topic. But in the basement, CUTV, which is Concordia's student-run TV station, they had a media mixer in the church basement. And so I, I was there a couple months ago. And the basement's so cool. It's like painted all black. It's got a neon sign uh, on the, the wall that says Lenex. And then at the back of the basement, there's like this big wooden bar that's quite beautiful with like mirrors and everything. And it's licensed for bring your own alcohol. So the guy that runs the place was like, oh, I'd love to have like a leftist podcast uh, show. Who, who's the Chapo Trap House of Montreal? And I was like, oh, that's funny. Actually, Rob Rousseau came here tonight to join us. Um, he's a big Twitch streamer and Twitter personality. And Nashua Khan also came to join us. She's here. Uh, we could get Nashua and Rob and like Paris Marks just moved to Montreal. What if we put on a, a live show with those guys? He was like, oh, cool. Let's try it. So we're going to experiment with putting on like a public event where people can bring their own alcohol and watch a couple hour podcast where I think in the first segment, We'll have the trio of hosts uh, kind of do some warm up, like jokey stuff, and then bring on some activists from like the Palestinian feminist movement or, or uh, youth movement, and then kind of have the first hour be talking about the urgency of, of that. And then in the second half, have some people from Pivo or from The Breach come join the panel to talk about Bill C-18 and to talk about independent media and basically just have like a wicked two hour like podcast recording followed by a DJ where people can just like have fun and party. So we're going to see how it goes. January 13th is pretty close to the holidays. So I don't know if it's enough time to like get the momentum and get the word out, but we're going to try. And hopefully it goes well. So if any listeners are in Montreal, mark your calendar January 13th at St. Jack's in Montreal near Concordia University. Isn't that over Igloo Fest too? People can go make a weekend of it. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I feel like you guys have it out for me because 
You keep hanging out without me. I keep having this, like, FOMO. Why don't you visit more often? Okay, well, here's the thing, Andre. January 13th is my birthday, okay? Whoa! Oh, my God, Andre. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing, Andre? <laughs> Kyla, my birthday is January 17th. We're both Capricorns. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> don't try and avoid this, Andre. You, you booked this event on her birthday. What are you doing? On purpose. Yeah, fly out. It'll be amazing. I'll think about it. If I have a job by then. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you both so much for joining us. And everyone, go check out Unrigged. And also, if you're near Montreal on my birthday. If you're in Vancouver on Kyla's birthday on January Yeah, hang 13th, out with me. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll throw a party. All right, great. Thanks, everyone. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having us, you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> 